Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will and this is the internet's most corporate music podcast. On the show this week I'm joined by James. Hello. And Elle. Hiya. We're going to be reviewing the new album from Office Dog. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about, but first, the news. James, what have you got for us this week? Well, this week, uh, yesterday, by the time we were recording this, um, the government have released the press release. Um, Industry Transparency Code on Music Streaming announced. Um, So the subheading here is the music industry has agreed a code of good practice on transparency in music streaming. Um... Yeah, like I said yesterday, the Intellectual Property Office, the IPO, published the UK Code of Practice on Transparency and Music Streaming. Um, yeah, this is, before I go into it, this is all on their website, um, the government website, and you can just read everything there. So I won't touch on everything, but I'll touch on some key points. Um yeah, this is a voluntary code for who whoever wants to sign up for it. Uh, it was developed by uh, developed collectively by an expert group from the music industry and was chaired and facilitated by the IPO. There were twelve music industry bodies representing music creators, uh, record labels, publishers, digital service providers, uh, distributors and collecting societies and that full list is on that same website um and some of them include prs for music the music producers guild um and many more which i feel like we've talked about some of them before on this podcast uh so yeah some known names the code was um well the code will help according to the government will help build uh creators confidence that they are being correct, uh, paid correctly uh, when their music is played via streaming services. Um, supposedly helps form good practice in the music industry in terms of contract deals, uh, payments, uh, streaming, etc. And basically helps creators understand if they're being paid fairly or being treated fairly, um, etc. And the code will come into force on the 31st of 31st of July of this year. Um, there's more information coming shortly. Like, I only really had a quick brief look at the the code or the press release today. Um, I mean, there's no, like, real details in it. Um, I'm sure it will come out soon. But, yeah, it's interesting. The, the, the first review will be in 2025, so still a while yet. And then there'll be another formal review. I don't know how the next year's won't be formal, but okay. A formal review in 2026. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but like I said, more information shortly. They, they, they say they say that um, this has been needed, um, but I don't know how much it's actually going to affect the industry. Um, but hopefully the, this is the kind of thing that uh, certain bodies will say they're they're a part of, or they've signed it, or I don't really know how this is works exact, exactly. Um, but yeah, hopefully this is a kind of a sticker people can put on themselves um, to remind everyone that they are good. But I don't know. It's, it's it's very early days. We'll see. Yeah, I'll give the government the benefit of the doubt on this one and say this is a positive step. Um, 
the transparency code and it seems like the metadata agreement that they've put into place seem like broadly steps in the right direction, even if it's not binding, it at least starts kind of putting into place what these kinds of companies that are dealing in streaming can expect to be required of them in the UK going forwards, hopefully start to make that just common practice amongst them. Um, obviously, I think for a lot of musicians, this is kind of only one small part of a bigger picture of being kind of feeling underpaid by streaming services and feeling like they basically aren't getting anything at all. Um, but this is at least, particularly in kind of bigger profile cases where there are kind of songwriters working on bigger productions for big artists where there is a lot of money going around, it's going to hopefully move towards those people not getting kind of cut out of the equation or paid unfairly for their work. Yeah, I think, yeah, as you said, well, loath as I am to respect the government in any way, it is nice to see some sort of kind of change in this direction where you do feel like they are perhaps listening and there is an attempt at least, I mean, how it will play out is another story, but an attempt to support artists and support, you know, people working within the industry. I think what will be really interesting is to see firstly how this plays out in the UK, but also how this ha uh, impacts perhaps other countries, particularly where, you know, a lot of these kind of streaming platforms are global, how that kind of has an impact on how they operate within the UK. Will that impact how they operate in other countries and kind of how that, I guess, shifts? I think particularly because, you know, UK artists are prolific uh, across the globe so I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how they voice the impact of this code and whether that then translates into other artists in other countries I guess also seeking something similar or, or there being some form of representation for them in this area I think it's a really kind of strange area to try and like inform a code um because it's it is still relatively new and it's you know it's not confined to one geographic location with streaming things like that so it's i think it's a huge challenge to try and understand how to regulate it but i think it'll be interesting to see how this technique impacts the industry yeah supposedly um it's it's a first of its kind really in the world um, so yeah, like you said, it'd be interesting how other countries follow and how services follow this within other places if they do operate in the UK as well. Um, are they just following the procedures in the UK or do they have to or like, yeah, how how does this turn out? I mean, it's interesting to think of it as a new problem because, I mean, ultimately the issue is people who've worked on a project getting paid fairly for it right and i guess all that's really changed is that in the past when you made an album you kind of you make it you release it and most of the money comes in within that first you know month or so right and then the rest of the money is made on maybe reissues but then touring and stuff like that but now with streaming things have 
seemingly a much longer shelf life and the money's made over a longer period of time so it it kind of makes maybe it a more challenging thing to negotiate your upfront payment if you're one of these like kind of contributors and so the payment structure has to kind of has to be more based on overtime payments rather than one large upfront situation um but yeah ultimately it all comes back to people further down the food chain getting paid which i would imagine was still an issue back when cds were prevalent still an issue back when vinyl was the the major thing so yeah while streaming has kind of motivated this i think it is ultimately probably a, a beneficial move even outside of the context of the last 10 years right let's get on to our review for this week we're looking at spiel by office dog released on the 26th of january 2024 on new west records it's the debut record from the Auckland, New Zealand band. It's 12 tracks long and 40 minutes in length. On the album's Bandcamp page, it says, quote, Office Dog's debut album serves an introspective... That's what it says. Office Dog's debut album serves an introspective on profound experiences, turmoil, and hopeful prospect, inviting you to unveil these themes layer by layer through the trio's musical catharsis. If anyone can explain what on earth that's trying to say to me, <laughs> I, I'd love it. I really, I did just actually pull up the quote because I was like, I don't understand what Will's just said to me. And I was like, maybe I just didn't follow. But actually reading it back, I'm like, it's a lot of buzzwords. Um, yeah. The album was engineered, mixed and produced by D. Stevens at, Roundhe at Roundhead Studios. It was mastered by Jonathan Pierce who's the guitarist in the band The Beths, another New Zealand heavyweight. The artwork was done by Daniel Blackball Alexander. What do we think of this album? Elle, do you want to kick us off? Sure. I think, for me, actually, that Bandcamp description, actually, although I don't understand it, kind of summarises that a bit how I feel about the album in that I felt like they would they would trying perhaps to be kind of very whatever it is they say like introspective and profound and and all of these kind of things and i think there are moments of that where where it does feel kind of elevated in that way where i'm like oh that's a really lovely turn of phrase perhaps in the lyrics or sonically i'm like that's you know just like a really nice little moment um but I think overall, as as like a full album, I was just a bit like, oh, I, I, I feel like they could have done more. They don't necessarily experiment hugely. I don't think like, I don't think that's the aim of the album. It doesn't feel like they set out to experiment and just fell short. I just don't think they were trying to be hugely experimental. But I think for me, that left me a little bit, not bored per se I wasn't I wasn't bored that's the wrong word but just at times I was like oh I wish there was just something a little different or, or just something slightly more unexpected I think especially because they play with the genres of alt-rock and almost like these post-punk and there's these kind of 90s and noughties influences at certain points and I'm like you could have kind of teased those bits a bit more and really pulled out some some interesting things with that um that being said like I still enjoyed the album to listen to like I wasn't it 
it wasn't unpleasant at any point. I was like, yeah, no, these are like nice songs. I just wasn't necessarily kind of blown away. Um, there are kind of a few like standout tracks that I really enjoyed and I do envisage myself kind of revisiting. Um, and yeah, like I said, there are some kind of lyrical moments where I was like, oh, that's really clever. Or I just kind of enjoyed what they were doing with it. They they do a lot on kind of um, these these like metaphors, particularly about like the sky and the sun and the moon. Uh, which I just like personally. I just like when that's a lyrical theme. That's just a personal preference and I enjoyed it. Um, and I enjoyed as well that that is kind of, it crops up throughout the album as well. Like these themes of, I can't remember what they said now, profound experiences, whatever it is they're talking about. Um, I got a lot on kind of like change and, and things like that. And, um, you know, something's on relationships and things and uh i think like the the through line of those kind of imagery the imagery of of like the sun and the moon things like that i think that plays in well to them speaking on those topics um i think yeah it's it's a nice album um i enjoyed listening to it but it it didn't blow me away james what did you think yeah, I'm on a similar line, really. I think it was a really solid album. I I enjoyed the tone of the instruments most of the time, and I enjoyed the tone of the vocals most of the time. Um, I enjoyed the listening experience all the way through. Um, I thought the lyrics were all right. I don't think they said too much. I don't think they were as profound as they were trying to be, or at least they didn't get that across well enough to an average listener. Um, but they they did kind of come as another instrument to the music, and they didn't like make it worse. They made it better. Um, I think the lyrics maybe developed a bit bit more in the later parts of the album, but there wasn't too much I could personally pick out um, overall. Yeah, I don't have much too too much to say, but I, I think it's fa- fairly simple stuff, but they make it sound good. Um, it's kind of repetitive in some parts within songs and throughout the album, but it still manages to give me some enjoyment. So I did enjoy listening to it this week. It's just, it didn't blow me away. Yeah, I really enjoyed the sound of the album. It's just like a straight up 90s indie rock record, really. Um, it does like everything you'd expect from that with like the loud soft dynamics and kind of the 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 breadth of guitar tones on it and everything I thought the mixture of kind of having more distorted and clean tones worked quite well and I thought the drumming was actually stand out throughout and really kind of pulled the album through and gave it kind of a cohesion to the whole thing and made it feel like one like solid record altogether but yeah, the the lyrics are pretty lacklustre. There, there's just feels like there's no specificity into any particular situation or scenario. Like that, try as I might, I couldn't really pick out anything that they were trying to get at or get across. Really, it's just kind of partly because for so much of the album, and James, I kind of agree that towards the end it gets a bit better. But I mean, most of the first half, the lines are all like three or four words long, like. So it, it there's not enough there to latch on to at all. 
and I feel like often the metaphors used are more effective by just reminding you of other places where those metaphors have been used <laughs> rather than actually being used well in their own right. It's like, oh yeah, I've heard other songs that have metaphors about, there's lots of themes of driving across the record or L, like you say, about like kind of suns, the sun and the moon and stuff. But it's it's not like I ever thought, oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. It's more like, okay, I kind of get what they're getting at because I know what that symbolizes generally. Um. But yeah, again, going back to what you said, James, I never thought the the vocals stood out as like the lyrics never pulled me out of it, which I think is a positive, right? Like it, it's not that they're bad; they're just there's just nothing there really to to engage me. And I thought that lyric like the vocal lines sounded good, so it it sonically all I was really positive, maybe not super like adventurous or experimental but that's kind of fine. It's enjoyable. It's yeah. Just when you dig a bit deeper, it's maybe lacking a bit. Um, but I thought for a debut album, really strong. And I, I'd really like to hear more from them in the future as well. Yeah. I will say I'm definitely um, kind of excited to listen to what they kind of put out in future because I feel, I feel like I've been quite negative on the album. I, I'm not like you've both said, I'm not against the album. I just think, I I also I really enjoy kind of really delving into lyrics and deciphering things. That's just something that I personally really like. So when an album doesn't present that opportunity in the same way, that's just like a personal thing where I'm like, oh, I prefer when, you know, I can really go absolutely mad and actually use like my degree. Um, but I think there, there's definite potential there. And yeah, it's easy listening and... I do, yeah, also want to pick up on what you said, Will, about the drumming. I I don't know the name of the drummer, but whoever the drummer is, it was class. Um, I noted it down on, like, several of the songs, but really throughout the whole album, um, there's just some really, really nice drumming throughout. And I think it gives a kind of, I guess, like, sonic consistency to the record, that kind of drumming. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really lovely. Um, so... If you're into into that vibe, then I would definitely recommend like listening to it for that kind of thing. I think it's yeah when you start to kind of really pick apart the like profound experiences or, or whatever it is. I'm not sure that they're fully realised, uh, particularly lyrically. But it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't harm the record. You know, it's still nice to listen to. It's just that layer isn't perhaps there. Yeah, I felt like if, if I put the lyrics to one side, then listening to this album, I, I think even though they're not kind of experimenting within the genre or pushing to any new ground, actually just going through the track list, I think there's quite a lot of differentiation between the tracks. And like even just after listening to it a few times when I was going back through to make my notes for the review, every track sounded distinct and I... I could like recognize each song and I was like, oh yeah, this one that goes like this, right? Um, I think they they do a really good job of, yeah, sitting within that genre, but mining different things out. Um, so you get tracks like uh, Warmer, where you get this pluckier guitar tone and the higher vocal. Um, and that a kind of similar guitar tone comes in tight ropes as well. Uh, where it, it almost sounds like a harpsichord it it's got that that kind of sound to it um 
But then you you get songs like Big Air, which is obviously like big garage rock track. In the Red feels more like a kind of more traditional rock song with kind of more open chords. And so, yeah, it just felt like going through it, it wasn't like, oh, an, another alt rock song. It, it, it does switch it up and bring in new things and does different stuff. It's not just kind of sitting in one place. Yeah, it, uh, that that track warmer and tightropes. Yeah, I think. But for me, it was warmer. That sounded kind of harpsichordy because you had that. You had that um, the guitar and the piano kind of playing at the same time, and it gave that that piano warmth. But then the the plucking sound of the guitar, which makes it kind of sound like a, a harpsichord. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think. I think it was the more like the vocals in those two tracks that didn't quite do it for me, especially tight ropes where it felt a bit more monotone. Um, but yeah, it's it's the instruments that stand out really. Yeah, I agree. Tight ropes wasn't necessarily one of my favorites, and I think the vocal delivery was perhaps part of that. Um, but I do agree with that. There is a, a, a distinction from track to track, which I did like and. Part of that is the changes in the vocal delivery like you've both kind of touched on and I think that is something they do well um and yeah the idea of, of using the vocals as another instrument rather than just kind of a vessel to voice the lyrics I think is something that they've really captured and they that that in a, in a way for me kind of allows the lyrics to kind of take a bit of a backseat where I'm like okay they're not like the deepest in the world there's also not that many of them like in terms of the number of words there's not a huge amount there but i think the fact that there is that distinct difference track to track with the delivery really helps bring life to those lyrics even when they are perhaps you know less i guess exciting than i kind of would otherwise want i think it's it's nice for them to be delivered so you have ones that are kind of uh slightly more i guess like monotone spoken wordy which i think you do get on tight ropes and then you have ones where it's kind of much more powerful and some that are just kind of more uh, i guess like whispery and i think that plays really nicely into um i guess like a bit of experimentation i think maybe that's what i'd like to see more of is them kind of using that as a, as a kind of jumping off point to then experiment more with kind of other sonic choices because i think it does demonstrate that they they aren't just like a one track band where they're like oh yeah we've we've got this down we'll just like rinse and repeat this formula like they they clearly have these ideas and want to kind of do different things from track to track and i think yeah they i'm excited to see where they kind of go from here i feel like perhaps it's just a bit safe this album um but i think that there are kind of moments where feel like actually it does demonstrate their potential so things like big air was a real standout for me i think there's a really nice kind of a uh, sound to it where it it stands out on the album and also holds up as its own song individually and i think if they kind of leaned more into those kind of songs not like the same song like i said like a rinse repeat but the idea of kind of allowing themselves to to really throw them into what they're trying to do with a track and and doing that across the record i think that they could produce something really exciting 
just to go back to tightropes i actually really like that song and partly it, it's the transition from big air which has like the kind of franz ferdinand energy in the intro and then goes into being more of a garage rock track and like has just a very compelling riff that i don't really don't mind it being used quite so much in this song like you can just keep playing that and have a slightly switched up version for the verse and, and that's fine because it is it's fun and the song is like just has this big energy um also did, did anyone else i know it's the name of the song but when he sings i've got big air i kept hearing i've got big ears i couldn't get that out of my head <laughs> um won't be able to unhear it now <laughs> <laughs> that going into tightropes I, I quite liked because it was like here's like all of the energy and then tightropes was very pensive um and then in the chorus i i liked and the reason why i particularly noted the harpsichord kind of tone on this one is because i felt like it actually meshed quite well with the lyric of him saying all fine in time because i don't know what it is about it but it just made me think of clocks maybe it's like the pluckiness that makes me think of like a ticking grandfather clock or something like that um but i thought that actually sonically and lyrically meshed quite well in the moment yeah big air was a standout to me as well um with its big energy um which was a nice nice change up but i think spiel also the final track was one that stood out for its energy as well um particularly i enjoyed the rhythm of the of the instruments actually like the guitar had an interesting uh, rhythm to it uh yeah it changed up a bit and then when the drums came in or you could really hear the drums more um they really kind of highlighted the rhythm and highlighted how it was different and it just kind of yeah it just stood out it it gave the the songs more depth to it um it, and it had that it had those quieter moments it had those kind of at peace moments which you didn't hear too much of throughout the album um, and, but when it gets louder again, you really feel that catharsis that they talk about. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was a really great end to the album. I think the, I think it started strong as well. I think the album started strong with Shade. Um, you just kind of, it, it introduces the tone of the album. Um, and it's a tone that is hard not to like, really. I'd agree. I think Spiel is another really strong track on the album. Uh, shade 2 opens it well with kind of a slightly kind of wilder sound to it particularly when that track starts to get going um i i like the vocal delivery there because it does feel a bit kind of unhinged in places which <laughs> just just gives the the track a bit more personality um you mentioned like moments where it it gets kind of quieter and, and drops down cut the ribbon i enjoyed too in the in the back half for them kind of switching things up where it's it opens acoustic and then kind of satisfyingly builds all the way through up to the end i also want to talk about um cut the ribbon because that was another one of the tracks on the album that i really really enjoyed i think it's got just a really really nice guitar sound to it and it's paired so nicely with the drumming. Again, the drumming is just lush. And it, yeah, the way they work together on this track just kind of like, I don't know, it like scratched an itch in my brain. I was like, yeah, that's really nice. Um, and I think as well, I did like the lyrics on this one where, it, um, and I think it's another case of they work well with the 
choice of vocal delivery with this. So it's got the lyrics back to back and side to side, the houses full up on the rise. And the way it's delivered, I, I don't, I'm not gonna be able to describe this well. So listen to the track, but it's uh, kind of almost without taking, it's not like they're dragged out. There's almost like no breath taken. It's just like back to back and side to side, the houses full up on the rise. And it almost then mimics this, this image of like all of these houses crammed together in a space and you know you get this idea of kind of everything being on top of each other in this in this location um and i i, I liked that um and i think yeah just this this track as well it's just again feels a little bit different from what comes before it on the album and it's i think it's a really nice kind of nod to those 90s sounds that you can feel across the whole record um that kind of 90s indie rock type thing and yeah it's just i think it it was that guitar in this one just really i really enjoyed it yeah it cut the rhythm did did well for that kind of building building the the sound um up because yeah you start with that acoustic guitar but then those distorted things come and layer on top of that and build up. And I think this whole album does well to build up as well. Like, it does feel there is a climax to, to the song and the bass really feels the, feels the, like the sounds, the space um, in the song and just does a really good job of like satisfying that, that climax. I think, they're restrained in the right place as well. Like if you listen to Antidote, there's a big distorted guitar that's like strumming that comes in in part of the track. And it they could have put that, made that really powerful by pushing it really far forward and making it loud. But it's just pushed back a bit further in the mix and it's given a bit, a bit more space. It makes it feel like powerful and more like it's like an approaching sound rather than being overbearing and feeling like a metal track. And I think it's smart choices like that in the way that it's mixed and the way the layering's done so that there's still space for you to kind of keep up with the drums and what's going on with the softer guitar parts, even when things are getting quite kind of dirty in terms of the, the distorted tones. I think the distorted tone on Antidote was very much there, but it still felt very clean. Um, not clean as in not distorted, but like you could really hear the the tone, the, the music that was going on. Um, there was a bass sound that was it was actually kind of subtle in there, but it was just a bit distorted and it was just like it felt really good. I think what they also do well um, is the track ordering in that we've kind of touched on like the distinction between tracks. And I think that is helped by the way the tracks are ordered where you do get those kind of moments of light and dark not as in like oh this is a light track this is a dark track like it, it's not that kind of rudimentary but I do think it works well the way that you kind of feel almost like an ebb and flow across the album and it kind of keeps it interesting particularly as there's not you know anything I, I think like genre wise that's like groundbreaking or anything like that I think that it it's important then for the album to still feel like there's something happening, that there's a journey happening. And I think they do that well with the kind of overall. Yeah. I keep making a wave motion. This is not helpful to everyone listening, but that's what I mean. 
<laughs> it's up and down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The sequencing is great. Um, obviously, they don't have to worry too much thematically, really, ab about if that makes sense when where the songs follow on from each other. But just sonically and how it kind of makes you feel across the album, I think they've done a really good job on that, which is not always the easiest thing to do with with records like this to kind of keep keep the energy going and making you feel like it's satisfying throughout because it could have easily been you open up the album and there are the big songs and then it kind of falls off and it feels a bit a bit limp after that but it does really kind of keep you engaged all the way through right to the end right should we wrap up our review by ranking the album the rankings currently stand as at number one vacations with no place like home number two glass beach with plastic death and number three sprints with letter to self since I wasn't here last week, I'll just quickly say while people are thinking about it, I, I generally agree with most of the stuff you guys said about Plastic Death. Um, I just found it a lot less fun than their first record, which I guess is is partly the point. It's not trying to be that again, but I, I did just find like it played on the same kind of riff or the same like motif kind of over and over again for me and because the sound just wasn't very fun it was it all ended up being a bit dour and and depressing and i i was probably not in the best <laughs> frame of mind to go into that but i i just didn't find it hugely enjoyable maybe later in the year i'll have like a big turnaround on it but i think just the sounds that they were trying to draw from whereas their debut felt like they were drawing from emo and indie pop and indie rock and stuff which are all kind of things I enjoy and they were kind of throwing them together and having fun with it. This one was drawing more from like metal and prog, which are just genres I don't really gravitate towards in general. Um, so yeah, I think I appreciate it for being experimental, but it's not something I'm jazzed to listen to again, really. So where do we want to put Spiel? I can kick us off if no one has strong opinions. Personally, I'd put it at number two. And based on this review, you might not think I've been hugely positive, but I think a lot of the stuff I really like about it is just like, almost kind of seems not hugely worth mentioning. It's like, oh, here's another enjoyable to listen to indie rock track. And yes, again, partly it's me saying I like this more than other stuff because I, I just like this kind of sound, but... I think they pull off this sound really well. It's really consistent throughout the record and the lyrics do let it down from being like an album that I'm really going to definitely come back to for a, for a long, long time. But this is certainly an album I'll listen to throughout the year. Um, I think No Place Like Home, while it's maybe a bit less consistent, has a bit more variety and actually has a bit more going on lyrically to dig into and so kind of hits on a slightly more emotional level as well um but yeah overall i think i just i just enjoyed listening to this album all the way through yeah i think i feel pretty similarly to you will um which yeah especially as someone who you know i love a lyric that's you know gut-wrenching or really makes me think and this album doesn't really give me that and I know I've kind of I talk a lot as well about how I like albums to feel like there's 
experimentation within it and you know there's a full story happening and I, I don't think necessarily this album gives that either but that being said like you said well I just enjoyed listening to it and I I do see myself re-listening um at least to like quite a few of the tracks if not necessarily like the whole album like a lot um and it's I feel bad like saying it because I'm like oh I talk a lot about kind of you know it's so good when bands experiment or do something a bit interesting or you know when lyrically there's like just such a well-crafted lyric um and this is not like a dig on I guess like Glass Beach or Sprints but I think I would put this above them like you at two based on like listenability and that is again like a personal preference thing where I'm like I just like the sound um I think in terms of kind of you know there's not a lot to like analyze per se but you know I enjoy doing that for the podcast or like when I'm you know chatting with friends about albums but in terms of just like what I want to stick on I don't necessarily want to be analyzing what I'm listening to all the time I just want to listen to stuff that I enjoy and I enjoy listening to this album so I think I would also put it in number two and personally I'll probably go three or four maybe four uh just because yeah I I feel like I wanted a bit more substance and a bit more I don't know um experimentation but I appreciate that that might come later in later albums that they bring out um yeah, I, I don't see myself listening to this album as much as other albums on this list, but I'm not like strongly out of favour of putting it to. <laughs> well then, Office Dog Spiel goes in at number two. Right, let's get on to upcoming releases for this week. There's quite a lot coming out. Uh, first off, if you like Jangle Pop, Ducks Limited are releasing their second album. It's called Harm's Way. They're from Australia, I think, or maybe New Zealand, one of the two. Um, and if you like uh, bands like Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever, or, well, any kind of jangle pop band, really, um, they'll be right up your street. Their debut was, I thought, pretty good, but a, a little bit one note, potentially, um, and didn't really go in enough directions for me to stay really interested in it but hopefully the second one will be good although the singles sound like it's kind of more of the same yeah, apparently they are from toronto really <laughs> that's what that's what wikipedia is telling me <laughs> <laughs> i could have sworn they they were from from that that part of the world but alas no they are oh wait hang on they are toronto band featuring an Australian lead guitarist. So maybe that's where you've got Australia from. Saved by a technicality. <laughs> My favourite. <laughs> there we go. Well, hold on, hold on. Lead gu- featuring Australian lead guitarist and then UK born, yeah. US raised bassist. <laughs> They're international. So it's perfectly fine for me to be confused about Just where this band well, is from. Get all of them in there. <laughs> that's all the big names. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Next up, the album I'm most excited for this week, Holando Negro is releasing his new album called Phaser. Uh, the singles from this have been absolutely spectacular. Like, if there's one album you listen to this week, make sure it's this one. Because it's so, so, so good. And doing some, like, really interesting stuff. 
I, like I don't really even know how to describe it really it's like I guess kind of R&B-ish with kind of alternative elements and other bits but like the singles just sound so good go and don't listen to my description go and listen to them and you'll you'll get it next up Callie Malone is releasing a new record it's called All Life Long uh, it's like a contemporary classical kind of thing um, the three singles have each been written with different kind of instrument types so I think one's for vocals one's for horns and one's for accordion maybe or strings I can't remember um, it sounds kind of interesting in a kind of ambient ish style um, so that might be one to check out uh, I made a mistake last week um, or one of the websites I use about releases does Brittany Howard's album what now comes out this week apparently so if you were looking on Friday for that sorry about that <laughs> it's coming out this week um, next up if you're a fan of like uh, indie rock and kind of modern kind of sad girl indie maybe check out the new album from Maddie Diaz it's called Weird Faith it sounds vaguely Phoebe Bridgesy. I don't know they'll be up to the same standard of quality based on the singles, but it sounds like it could be good. Worth checking out if you're a fan of the genre. Couple more. Uh, American post-punk band are releasing their debut album. They're called Pylon Reenactment Society. The album's called Magnet Factory. Uh, so, so it seems due to be a little bit bonkers. Um, but it does... If it does sound very kind of post-punky. So if you're into that sound, the American post-punk sound, it's likely to be a thing you like. And if you're going in hoping for something absolutely bonkers, um, maybe less so. Finally, uh, UK duo Idlework are releasing a new EP called Where the Pear Trees Grow. Um, they're doing kind of interesting pop, indie pop type singles. Um, they seem to have covered quite a bit of ground in their previous singles. Um, they seem quite new, so this could be an interesting one and a, an interesting band to watch as they go on. After all of that, that's it for upcoming releases, and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James and Elle, for joining me. Thank you. Thanks. If you like the show, you should subscribe on your podcast service of choice, and new episodes come out every Monday. If you're likely to forget, you can turn on notifications in your podcast app by following suitable instructions. If you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is Blue Raspberry by Katie Kirby. <laughs> <laughs>